This is Brian Underwood. I have another special guest on with us today on BU with BU. Um, these are just better conversations. I think that each one of these conversations, as we bring them to you, there's going to be distinctions, awareness based on someone's activity and experience that you can uh, learn from. Uh, so hopefully you're going to enjoy this episode. Uh, this is from a good friend of mine uh, and business associate, someone that uh, have a ton of respect for for uh, you know, who he is, what he stands for. And um, also he's accomplished a lot in business. Um, and so I thought we would have a better conversation with him today just to learn a little bit more about Justin Tupper. He was the CEO and founder of Revolution Golf. Um, and so I'm going to turn it over to Justin. Justin, appreciate you being on. Um, and before I even get started, I think it'd be great if you kind of share with everyone a little bit about yourself and where you're from and, you know, how you got started as an entrepreneur. Sure. Well, uh, thanks for the uh, thanks for that nice introduction. Um, so, for myself, I went to the University of South Carolina. I was a film major there. Uh, studied media arts. Uh, I went there at a time where we were uh, working in dark rooms, recording video, splicing tape for edit, and basically three years out of college, that all changed with digitation, uh, the digital movement. So uh, it was a lot of fun. Learned a lot about it. I uh, got out of school, uh, was fortunate to get a job with DreamWorks um, because they were filming a movie, a light romantic comedy that was awful in my hometown called Forces of Nature with Ben Affleck and Sandra Bullock. And I got the opportunity to go right from college to start working on a major motion picture. And I learned a lot. I learned what I wanted to do going forward to some degree and what I didn't want to do. And uh, it was a great learning experience. And after that, it was mid-2000s. The, the real estate world was blowing up in a good way at that time. It was prior to 2008. I was from a small coastal town in South Carolina called Beaufort. And the real estate market was insanely good. And so I got down there and I started using some of my video skills. Uh, YouTube had just come, just come alive uh, around 2005. And at that time, uh, Google had just bought YouTube. And there was a bit of a hack. I know you love to talk about hacks, but there was an awesome hack at the time when they first started, where if you supplied email, uh, excuse me, video for keywords, you would go to the top of the search engine. This lasted for about a year and a half. And so what I started doing is real estate listings, doing videos, and they would all shoot up really high. And I had become really uh, a, a huge listing agent. The world was in a place where anybody, including uh, your dog, could get a loan at the time and just was listing as much property as I possibly could, had a team of people showing it for me. And all I was basically doing is building WordPress blogs, shooting videos, and doing listing presentations. And uh, all was well. And then early 2008, I sort of had this time where... Uh, there was a movie actually written called The Big Short, and I'm I'm not that smart. I, I didn't see the see the bubble coming the way they did, but I did see it coming in that I had a closing one day. Things had started to slow down. And I went to a closing, and uh, a family of two was buying a house for seven hundred and sixty thousand dollars. It now trades for about two hundred and fifty thousand. Uh, they were putting no money down. They were getting a hundred percent financing interest only, and they were getting a check back at closing because the house actually appraised for more it was worth, 
And they were taking that check and I asked them what they were doing with it. And they said they were going to buy TVs at Best Buy with it. And I literally remember it clear as day, got up. My father's been a judge in South Carolina for 42 years. And I went to his office and I said, dad, I don't get it. I don't know what's going to happen, but this isn't going to work. This isn't going to sustain itself uh, with this kind of environment that we're in. And it was at that time he said, you know, you saved some money. You've been smart about it. There are few opportunities in your life where you have some money saved, you can go start a business, and why don't you do something that you really love? And so I love creating video. I love uh, the game of golf. And so I said, heck, I've got some savings. I'll give it a swing. I'll give it a try. No pun intended. And, and I started an online golf business. Uh, and at the time, it was 2009 when I first started and we were selling DVDs and I was using Google AdWords, which was a fairly new platform. And I immersed myself in it and learned online advertising at the time. I mean, that's all I did is study courses, learn, try, uh, spent, you know, most of my days doing that. And lo and behold, I started selling a few DVDs and then more and more and more. And it got to the point where I could spend five or $10,000 a day on my American Express card. I could sell, Fifteen to eighteen thousand dollars worth of DVDs, and at, at twelve o'clock at night, um, my merchant account would put my money into my bank uh, for the DVDs I had sold for the day, the golf instructional DVDs, and then I uh, would take that money at twelve o one, pay off my American Express card, and start all over again the next day. And literally, was just spend the money, uh, spend American Express dollars use their money to pay for my advertising, pay my bill at 12.01 that night, start over the next morning with a zero balance on my credit card and with Google. And I did that for about a year and a half. Uh, and in about 2010, I said to myself, I wonder if people will buy this streaming. Uh, and at the time there was no Google, there was no, excuse me, Apple uh, movies to download or anything else, but I had just gotten to the point where my house was completely full in South Carolina of DVDs and boxes, and I had the UPS guy coming three times a day. And I thought this would be an interesting way to scale this, and it would give people immediate satisfaction in their purchase. And so what I did is I started to stream it, and lo and behold, I started to sell more product. And in 2010, uh, 2009, I sold about two and a half million dollars worth of DVDs. In 2010, in March of 2010, I sold 1.6 million dollars of streaming video in the month of March. And that's when I said, there's something here. I lived in a small town in South Carolina, basically across the street from a golf course. And I made the decision at that point to move to New York City. And a lot of people say, what in the heck were you thinking? But for me, I needed to remove myself from my comfort zone. I needed to remove distractions. I had, you know, tons of buddies that wanted to play golf uh, on Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays at one o'clock and all weekend long. And I just said to myself, you know, in order, I've got an opportunity here to catch lightning in a bottle. And I moved to New York and uh, I moved up there. I made a decision on April 19th, 2010. And on April 21st, 2010, I was in New York, three bags of clothes, my golf clubs, sleeping in a hotel until I could find an apartment. And uh, through a really fun journey uh, of incredible ups and incredible downs, 
uh, nine years after that, well, basically eight years after that, I built it into a really large information company within the golf space that also had commerce. Uh, we sold golf equipment, golf training aids, golf travel. Uh, it took a lot of different forms. And then in late 2017, actually, uh, we were acquired by Golf Channel or NBC Sports. And that's what uh, has brought me to Orlando, Florida, where my wife, Tori, and I live now. And I still have a, a job. I'm a senior vice president at Golf Channel and help them with strategy and content. And um, it's been a great ride. I call this as sort of my entrepreneurial vacation, I call it, uh, because uh, it's the first time in my life where I haven't had to uh, write, write both, sign on both sides of my paycheck which has been kind of nice for a little bit of time, but uh, I still, uh, between my wife's business and other things, keep, keep me, uh, keeps my entrepreneurial spirit going. So that's my long-winded version of who I am, where I'm from, and, and sort of my business background to this point in life. That's awesome. When you're kind of talking about getting your start in 2008, 2009, and using Google AdWords to kind of bring it in full, full uh, perspective. Um, yeah. The guy that created Google AdWords, uh, the company was actually called Applied Semantics. And it was started by a friend of mine. Uh, his name is uh, Aton Albaz. He actually lives in, in Southern California right now. And um, he sold it to Google for like 180 or $280 million. And it's yeah. funny, um, you know, it became at one point the number one revenue source for Google. Yeah, um, and to see other entrepreneurs like yourself utilizing that in that time uh, is pretty like serendipitous. But it it was kind of interesting because he sold his business, um, and I asked him, "Oh, your business?" I'm just curious. He said, "Well, we kind of took it as far as we could take it." Yeah, and you know, as an entrepreneur, you take it as far as you can take it, and 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 he said, "I'm super proud of seeing it continue to grow because there's a lot of ownership in that." And I think that. Uh, for you, Revolution Golf, um, and I think a lot of people that are listening to this podcast are entrepreneurs. Um, there's a couple of things I want them to hear from you, and, and I'm actually curious as well. But you actually sold Revolution Golf, um, you know, to uh, to Universal in the Golf yeah. Channel. Uh, so a couple of things is number one, you built it up, you sold it. Why did you sell it? Yeah. Um, you know, and you know, tell us a little bit about um, you know right now your Whenever you see uh, see it evolving, um, you know, does it still make you feel proud of, of what, you know, of yeah. what it is? Yeah, for sure. So like your friend with Google, I felt like I'd grown it to about where I needed to. I also thought it was also interesting timing because... NBC Universal is owned by Comcast, which is the world's largest cable and internet provider. And in 2016, Comcast sent down a mandate to all of their businesses and said, hey guys, we need to get ahead of this cord cutting. It's, ha it's coming and it's happening. So we need to think about looking at buying and or starting existing subscription business that are not dependent on linear TV or cable. And I had fortunately started a subscription within Revolution Golf in 2013. This is pre-Netflix and anyone else that was really charging subscription fees for media content. 
And so they approached me. I mean, I got a LinkedIn in 2015 from an executive within Golf Channel. And we went back and forth for, frankly, a couple of years. And my decision was, I thought that they were buying, they were hungry, they had a mandate, and they had Comcast, which is their parent company, telling them, go spend money on companies like this again. And in hindsight, it was a perfect time to sell the business. I would love to tell you I was so smart uh, to realize that, but it felt right. It felt right in my gut. Like I felt like I had taken it as far as I could take it. Um, and they were shopping. They had money to spend. They were very fair. The process was not easy, but there's a difference between difficult process and fair. And they were very fair. And the process was was interesting and glad it uh, it came through and it worked out. And the second part of your question, Revolution Golf has now turned into uh, a business called Golf Pass. And Golf Pass now has uh, a partner in it in Rory McIlroy, who's the number one golfer in the world. And so as an avid golfer and a business starter and owner and entrepreneur, it has been extremely satisfying to watch sort of my baby grow up. And now it is represented by the number one player on the planet. It has, you know, grown substantially in size because of the network of NBC, NBC Sports, Golf Channel, Comcast, and soon to be our streaming product called Peacock, which was our answer to Disney Plus and, and the other streaming services. So from that perspective, it was a great time to do it. Um, and it has been really fun to continue to work on it and watch it flourish. Oh, that's awesome. You know, whenever you're just talking about uh, seeing how big it's become, um, a couple of questions come to mind that I think people would want to know, but I think it's incredible. You started literally, you know, out of your, your home, you started, yeah. you know, uh, cash flowing it on your card, yeah. um, on your credit card. Right. So yeah. you're, you're betting on yourself. Um, but I know that the process wasn't easy and I, what I want entrepreneurs to hear at home and anyone that's striving is a couple of things is number one, um, you know, uh, what was your initial vision for it? Like when you started it, what was your initial goal? And yeah. then how did that goal grow? And by the way, we've never had this conversation. No. Um, but I, I just, I know that there's fundamental elements to every entrepreneur as they start something and start growing it, uh, that can a lot of times grow. But what was your initial goal? What was your initial vision? And, uh, you know, we kind of heard how the vision has grown into uh, the top golfer in the world now is, advocating yeah. and helping spearhead what you started, yeah. which is incredible, right? Yeah, no, it was great. I went on this, uh, so I went, I remember it was like yesterday and, and I should have uh, pulled out. I, I've, I've been somebody, um, and I know you advocate this, and it certainly inspired me to get back into it this year, that I've always written down goals. And I've always kept a journal. I have leather-bound journals all over my house in different places where I write in them all the time. And in 2008, I wrote down uh, that in my journal uh, on the beach in Cabo St. Lucas, I wrote down that I wanted to build a golf information business that could make me $60,000 a month. And I thought to myself, 
that would be awesome. If I could make $60,000 a month and sort of build this information business and be able to support myself and a few other people would be really cool. And, um, you know, I'm so happy and humbled to say that, you know, um, of just a few short years later that we had, you know, many hours that we did $60,000 in revenue and it grew and grew. And as it grew, it took a a totally new form. And I realized during the growth of it, I was like, this is, this is a new era media business. What I have, I have created a ton of loyal raving fans that know, like, and trust my brand. They subscribe and give me and give me money for golf information and to help them better a game. And in return, they when I offer things for them to buy, they buy at a voracious rate. And it's all because of the loyalty to the brand that I was able to build. And so many of them, literally thousands. I mean, we had we had over 580,000 customers when we were acquired. We had about 4 million email subscribers out of those people. And literally so many of them watched me, the growth of the business along the way, and they rooted for me and they cheered for me and they bought stuff for me. And I've gotten if not thousands, it has to be thousands of emails along the way from people that were fans of the brand because we saw, he, they, saw they watched us evolve. They, sh- they saw the business grow. They saw us pivot. And I do want to make one thing extremely clear what you said. It was not all roses. There were some massive ups and some serious downs. Uh, you know, there are lots of different times where I didn't think I could see, you know, to Friday uh, in, in cash crunches, uh, mistakes made, uh, all those things along the way. It was not a, it was not a all roses. I mean, I, I can vividly remember living in New York City, golf season was down. It would be like January and February. And I always made myself walk to our little, we had a very small workspace uh, in a building that was about 30 blocks from my apartment. And I can always, I can vividly remember some cold nights walking home from that apartment, not knowing, like trying to figure out, God, we got to figure out how to make some revenue before Friday because that's payday. Like uh, we, I, I vividly remember those. And so there were ups and downs and there were huge wins along the way, but no entrepreneurial journey is uh, hockey sticks, right? It just doesn't. And um, you just got to stay the course. You got to be creative. You have to believe 100% in what you're doing and, 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 and just continue to put the best value you can in front of the people that are your customers. And, and that's, that's what got us there. But it changed. The business vision changed a ton of different times throughout the years. Sure. And I, you know, I think that, uh, hearing you talk about it, I know that you love golf, you still play golf, uh, a whole, whole lot. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, I, I say a lot and I think that, uh, you know, when Kobe Bryant passed away, I remember seeing a video of him, uh, 
that I guess he sent out to some event that he wasn't able to make it. And he encouraged everyone to find joy in what you're doing. Find joy. He said, you know, if you don't enjoy what you're doing, uh, if you don't enjoy what you're doing and you don't have passion for it, um, you know, then it's not doing. And we hear that 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 is said a lot. And I think a lot of people um, maybe underestimate that um, or some uh, might use it as an excuse, uh, but we all have a joy. You can find joy just in the process of building something, just in growing. But, um, you know, how important um, do you feel like it is to like have joy and have passion in what you're doing? I saw an interview um, with you uh, just recently. Uh, I looked up because uh, I've, I've never really done this, like Googled uh, Revolution Golf, which is kind of mm-hmm. cool. There's a lot of really cool articles out there, but I saw an old video of you talking to someone about caddying. Uh, for Nick Faldo. Yeah, that's uh, right. Uh, you know, so uh, kind of share with us, you know, a little bit about joy, passion, your passion for golf and, and what that was yeah. like, because I know you've paid a lot of dues to get to where you're at. Yeah, no, look, golf has been an amazing thing for me. I mean, for those who don't play it, don't understand it. And that's okay. And that's completely fine. But me personally, I was not a very good student in school. Uh, very dyslexic. Uh, academics became were very difficult for me. Uh, I, I still have that dream that I didn't forgot to drop a class in college. Like it was just very hard. And golf was a place where I could go out there. And and um, my parents didn't play. They they afforded me the ability to play. They dropped me off at the golf course. But uh, it's something that I started at a young age and became decent enough at it that I you know, could, could play with all the better players in town and got to know people through the game. And, and then it ultimately became that business that it really was a joy of mine because I loved marketing and speaking to people that were a lot like me and in golf, you have this sort of inner passion. It's very hard to describe Um, but when you play and you're one of those people, you get it and you can speak to people who are like that in a a lot of great ways. And then, you know, as my business grew, I did, I got to, you know, I've, I've had dinner in in the great South African golfer, Gary player's house. You know, I've, I've had dinner, uh, with, with Rory McIlroy. I've, I've had, uh, I've had a meeting with Tiger Woods. I've caddied for Nick Faldo. I've got to do all these things that you literally bucket list type stuff. I mean, complete and total bucket list that if you achieve just one of them as a passionate golfer in your life, you, you would be beyond blessed and speak to it all the time. But it's just amazing that this game that I love so much that brought me joy as a kid, that brought me understanding and, and probably as, as, as shallow as this may sound, social acceptance at some times in my life um, has also brought me these opportunities to do incredible things. And I will say exactly what you just said is, you know, I still love the, the business. I love golf. It does make me dive out of bed more often than not. And um it has helped through the downtimes with the tough, when the going gets tough and you got to dig really, really deep. I think the fact that there's sort of the love for the game and all it's given me and my respect for it, that it's definitely kept the candle burning in really difficult times for sure. No, that's awesome. And I think that, 
you know, for anyone on here, like, you know, uh, find joy in what you're doing. Know if you, you know, just uh, heard Justin who started with nothing, uh, yep. bet on himself, you know, went through ups and downs that uh, maybe one day we can go through some of the specifics of what some of those look like. Sure. You know, and got to a, a tipping point where he was able to sell his business for, uh, millions of dollars uh, to have someone else take it to a whole different level. Uh, that's super, super cool. And I, I think that the entrepreneurs listening in, um, you know, Justin, for someone that's done it, you started your business, um, you know, as the marketplace was shifting, right? As, yep. as, as there was uh, becoming an economic depression, which is kind of fitting for where we are right now. We're right in the middle of the coronavirus. This is uh, right now, uh, everyone is uh, in quarantine. So there's a ton of uncertainty in the marketplace. And I've said this many, many times when everyone's running scared, that's when we all have an opportunity to lead and to grow. And so for an entrepreneur listening in right now, what is a piece of advice that you would get them, give them uh, if they're just getting started? Yeah, look, I, you know, this is not uh my, my advice is, is, is probably not earth shattering, but I absolutely believe it and have lived it is the is consistency. You know, I, I just believe in it so, so very much, whatever it is, whether you have a startup business of any sort or if you just maintain consistency, even through the hard times, consistency can come in different ways. And when people are often more consistent in the very difficult times, it almost makes the other people who are on looking or customers, you know, feel like they're buying into something that is there for the long haul and that's going to be around for a long time. You know, it's a natural reaction in difficult times for people to sort of um, draw back or figure out how to, all right, let's batten down the hatches right now. You know, it's sort of serendipitous uh, what we're having to do in our lives, like stay in our homes, you know, uh, and sort of hunker down as a better term. But I think that it's these times where if you put yourself out there a little bit more, it's almost like you get a magnification due to the outside world circumstances. That if you're really showing big consistency, if you're thinking out of the box, if you're pressing forward, if you're communicating more than ever during these times, it's only going to catapult you because these times will change. And the question is going to be, how are you going to come out of it as a business person, as an entrepreneur, as a human being? You know, if you should come out of these difficult times even stronger. And that's, again, as a cliche at heart, but I truly believe that. I, like, these are wonderful times, even as difficult they are. And I know a lot of people who are listening are in very different situations. And, it's, and this may sound very difficult to even understand right now, but if you keep pushing forward, you keep your consistency. In fact, you go harder than you've ever gone before during these, you'll break through the other side in a much better place. You got to get you know, you got to get really outside the box. It's funny. I did something recently on Instagram. This just reminded me of it. And I just, I said to people out there, you know, I've, I, I love being an entrepreneur. I love being a problem solver. 
And I've been pretty good at generating revenue in difficult times in my life. And so I said that I'd help some people out over the couple weekends ago. Just inbox me. It would be personal. And we wouldn't discuss the people's names or anything like that. And I got a ton of them and, and ended up doing 13 calls over a period of four days. But like just one of the things was I had a friend and he was in the roofing business. And he's like, this is really difficult. What do I do during these times? And I was like, you know what you should do? You should literally put Facebook ads, do anything you can to go clean and clean people's gutters for free. Spring's coming, rains are about to start in the Southeast. Uh, why don't you just provide a service for absolutely no cost, no catch to clean people's gutters. And when you're cleaning the gutters, guess where you're gonna be? On their roof. And if you see something and you're in an ethical manner can say, come down, write it up, take a picture of it with your phone and say, your gutter's clean. By the way, while we were up there, we noticed this little problem with your roof. Uh, here's the options on how to fix it. We'd love to have your business, no strings attached. Now I diverted to this story just because that's an example of how you can go out during these difficult times, reinvent yourself, think outside of the box. That fella sent me a text message the other day and said in the last four weeks, he has picked up 22 new pieces of business in the month of March, it was at the time. And that was up 60% year over year for new business for his roofing business. I'm not saying that to brag, I'm not saying that to boast, but there's a guy in a difficult time who I challenged him to think outside the box, go harder than anybody else. Don't, instead of leaving the ladders in your truck and being frustrated and, and not going to work, actually going to work for free to create opportunity. And so, you know, that's just an example of how I think people should, should charge during these times if they can. It's hard to get your head in that right place, but it, man, will it pay off in magnitudes later on. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I think one of the lessons that you gave the guy is, is don't look about uh, what you're not getting, look about what you can give. And if you, if you focus on what you can give during these times, it's going to come back tenfold. It's an investment in you. It's an investment in community. It's an investment in others. It's investment in what I think is called the human spirit. And I think the human spirit is going to be more alive than ever before. Um, and I think, you know, it might be a great reset for all of us as entrepreneurs, you know, sometimes as entrepreneurs, I know that I'm guilty of this. Sometimes we focus on the numbers and we focus on what we're getting in the achieving or the scoreboard, which is money. Um, but the heart of any great entrepreneur, I truly believe is their innovation and their innovation is how can they bring value to other people? And I, I think it's just awesome hearing your story. Uh, we definitely want to hear more of it because as you started as an entrepreneur, you, you started with value that you could bring golfers because you yeah. could relate to them and uh, you're a golfer and like the number one need for anybody that wants to take something up, they start somewhere between scared and nervous is they got to get a coach. They got to get a mentor. Yeah. Uh, they need to learn how to do it properly. And um, you know, you probably identified that early on based on your love for the game. Right. Yeah, and, exactly uh, right. and seeking it out yourself. And so I just think that, um, you know, right now is an awesome time. I appreciate you sharing with us and kind of in closing, um, I believe that coaches and mentors are super important. Um, there's an old saying that I heard years and years ago. I don't even remember where I heard it, but it's ingrained in my brain. And that is show me your mentor and I'll predict your future. 
Yeah. Um, and I know that there's a lot of people right now that are, that are searching and looking or, you know, I think that there's strength in numbers, but um, who are some of your mentors uh, or coaches and, and what would you recommend to anyone that's listening in that's looking for uh, someone to follow or they're looking for guidance? Yeah, so I've had a, a bunch of different mentors. One of the people, uh, he's not famous, um, but he's uh, such a wise guy. And he, I was fortunate enough to t- be able to talk him into becoming the president of Revolution Golf. And his name's David Baum. And David was a uh, head of mergers and acquisitions at Goldman Sachs for a number of years uh, post 9-11 for about 13 years. Uh, and he's just a guy who um, I was fortunate. He, he caught him at the right time in life. He was sort of early retired, loved to play golf. And, and I, uh, I, you know, I, I did my best sales job by getting him to come on and act as a president of Revolution Golf. But it was really just an incredible opportunity to be mentored by somebody like himself who had had a lot of success in a very difficult business. And frankly, he had experience like, and wisdom that was brought on by experience. And he was always just, his decision-making was grounded in the process of just being, you know, absolutely a clear conscious and being somebody that, has no trouble going to sleep at night. And he's just been a wonderful person in my life. And I I literally had just gotten off the phone with him a few minutes ago, although he uh, no longer works. He has been on us as a special consultant to golf channel because they knew his importance as well, but we don't work in the same capacity that we used to, but I still talk to him on a biweekly basis on various different things. And then Look, there's lots of other places. I do completely believe in in coaching and mentorship, but I think it's important, really important, that if you do want to mentor or coach, you look to somebody who has experience in doing something that you want to do or has they have done what you are trying to do or would like to do. Um, coaches... Um, in this day and time, I sometimes personally get a little frustrated because you see some people out there that are coaches, gurus, whatever they want to call it, and you really dig into their resume, and uh, they maybe haven't uh, they haven't fought through the trenches and 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 gone through the things that you need to go through. It doesn't mean that every coach needs to be this uber successful person that has started a business and made tens of millions of dollars or sold it for tens of millions of dollars or anything like that. But you do want them to be somebody that has experience, real life experience in in running a business or whatever area that you're looking for coaching in. And so I think that's super important from that perspective. And so that's what I do. I mean, I also, my wife, Tori and I enjoyed, you know, doing, going to events, uh, positive places where positive people gather. Um, we've done lots of Tony Robbins events and I'm not just saying this because we're on this podcast, but we have absolutely loved the prove it events too. It's just wonderful to get in, get in a room with a lot of like-minded people, tons of energy and learn and grow in that capacity. And then, um, so there's all sorts of people from that perspective, but in summary, 
I would just say, like, look, look for somebody that has experience, has done what you're looking to do in some way, shape, or form, and see how you can get them to be a coach. You need to probably provide value to them in some sort of way. Um, but there are lots of people out there like that who are great mentors. Um, but first and foremost, I think they should probably have achieved something within the realm of what you're trying to achieve. I agree with you a thousand percent. I mean, it's, um, you know, in closing, uh, I've always said there's a difference in a coach and a mentor and a guru, right? And today you have more gurus out there that want to sit on a platform that have never fought the fight. They've never accomplished what they're telling you. I, I can think of one in our industry right now that he's never built anything, right. but he's uh, considered a, uh, a coach for direct sales. Um, you know, and, and he can teach you some strategies, but he can't teach you the wisdom that comes along with, uh, the school of heart knocks and really developing something that lasts. And, um, so, you know, I, I'm a big believer in current credibility, but I do think that there's a big difference. And I think that's wise, wise advice is that, you know, anyone can coach anyone. If you look at the definition of a coach is holding you accountable to your actual goals and desires, as long as they have the temperament and the understanding of how to do that. Uh, but very few people can be a mentor uh, in the specific field that you're in, which a mentor is someone that has blazed the trail, right? If you want to walk through a minefield, you better be willing to follow someone that's been through that minefield. And, you know, I see that all the time in direct sales, or if you want to say internet marketing or network marketing, or, you know, all of this digital age marketing. And uh, that's why I love having you on here, Justin. Um, I have a good friend of mine that has built a massive business selling people a platform for internet marketing. Um, yeah. You know who he is. His name's Russell Brunson. But very few of the people that use his platform have had the success of actually building a business behind it like you have, right? Yeah. And so um, I would just say be careful of the stories and be careful of the salesmanship and make sure that if you're going to listen to somebody, there's plenty of resources online even that you can find a mentor through podcasts and through books and through uh, like you said, events. And so, uh, thank you for your wisdom. Thank you for your time. Hopefully you'll come back. I know that, uh, we have a lot of Anytime. stuff uh, that we're doing and, and I just, I'd love for, uh, maybe even us to do a live where people could actually ask you direct questions. I'd love to do that. Anything I can do. Uh, I appreciate your friendship so much, Brian, and your entire community that you've, uh, helped build, uh, at prove it. And if there's any way I can contribute, I'm, I'm here to do it. I, I sincerely, uh, mean that no that's awesome and you do take uh keto what is your favorite flavor of ketones in party yeah absolutely well um my wife drinks these things uh probably too much to advertise um but my favorite is uh probably pop and pear i think it's called oh yeah it's smooth yeah it's real smooth it's real refreshing it's real refreshing we i like the unleashed product in the morning before a workout and um I like I like all the flavors of those. I also like um, uh, I like the vanilla. I like vanilla a lot. Vanilla it's a great, it's a great additive to other things. I, I love the vanilla too to add with other. You can add the vanilla with anything. 